Hey, my name is Ryan McVitie, and I am the pastor of the River Worship. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. If you haven't heard about the river yet, it's an amazing move of God happening in the greater Toronto area. Yes, Toronto, Canada. It's a cold place, but we have warm hearts, and we love coming together every Tuesday night and worshiping the Lord with all we've got. We also get to dive into the Word, and that's where we're going to go right now. We're going to dive into the Word of God, and I trust and pray that it will impact you in a powerful way. If you're ever in the Toronto area, come visit us. We would love for you to worship with us together. But enjoy the message, and God bless you. New Year's resolutions. Who did one? Be honest. Hands up. Who did one? None of y'all do New Year's resolutions? Or you missed it already, so you don't want to put your hand up. You're like, no, 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 I didn't do that. No way. <laughs> That's my testimony. Um, I love New Year's resolutions. I love new, new starts. I love that. I love them. Um, I've got three resolutions for you this year that are not from Ryan McVitie, because that's worth a dollar on the best day of the week, and maybe 10 cents, who knows. They're from the Word of God. Three resolutions directly from the Word of God that I promise you, if you will apply them in your life, will completely change the trajectory of your year. That sound good? Anybody want that? Okay, cool. We're all on the same page. That's great. When we draft resolutions for our year, you know, end of December, you're picking your word, you're picking what you're going to do this year. Most of our resolutions resound around this idea of more, you know? I'm going to work out more. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to do more good. I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to pray more. That's good. That's great. All those things are great. There's nothing wrong with more. But I want to just, just put a little twist on it. What if your resolutions didn't always have to be more? What if your resolution this year maybe should be that you got to do less of something? That you got to leave something behind you this year? That you got to actually do this. You got to reject something this year. That there's something in 2023 that you just got to say, nope, that ain't coming with me into 2024. I'm telling you, this type of resolution could be one of the most powerful ones. So look to your neighbor, your second choice, not the one whom you love apparently. Go to them and say rejected. No, no, no. Say it like he slid into your DMs again and you just got to rejected, bro. Rejected. Fellas, say it's like you went to use your credit card after Christmas, declined. Insufficient funds, sir, I'm sorry. It's the worst, you know, and it's especially embarrassing when it happens at Tim Hortons, because let's be honest, Tim Hortons is like four bucks. It's like, you didn't forget to transfer, you're broke. When at Tim Hortons, it's insufficient funds. There are some charges that the devil is going to bring against you in 2024 that you need to decline. He has been living on credit in your life, and he hasn't been paying interest. And this year, you are just going to reject it. You are going to decline some things that the devil has been bringing to you this year. Amen? Anybody want to do that? Good. So let me show you how, but not me. Let's start with the Apostle Paul. Let's get in the book of Ephesians. If you got your Bible, open it up. Turn it on. Boot it up. Whatever you got to do. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Paul said this. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Somebody shout, put off. Put off your old self, which has been corrupted by deceitful desires. I pause because he's, he's coming at you. He's saying your old self is corrupted by deceitful desires. 
it's been corrupted, so here's what you got to do. You need to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What is the Apostle Paul telling you? He's telling you that you have to take off the old so that you can put on the new. So many of us as believers, we get so excited about the new we want it. We'll bring on the new. We'll go to the church. We'll do the small group. We'll get in the Bible. But Paul's telling you, you can't take, you can't just put on the new if you're not willing to take off the old. See, those clothes that are underneath the old clothes, eventually they're going to sweat through. You can't keep the old on and just cover it up with the new. You got to take it off first. And let me tell you this. We have a lot of Christians in 2024. We had a lot of Christians in 2023 that are free people bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But still walking around wearing clothes of a prison. Still walking around wearing things from the place that they have been set free from. We got a lot of people doing that, and in 2024, that's not going to be you. You're going to rip off those clothes because you don't belong to that old house anymore. You belong to the new house, to the king's house, to the king of kings' house this year. When you get out of prison, what's the first thing you do? Anybody know, don't put your hand up because the person next to you is going to be like, oh, you know, this is church, I don't judge, but you kill somebody? Um, when a prisoner gets set free, the first thing they do is they take off their prison clothes. They don't want to be associated with that when they're back free out in society. But a lot of us, we're still walking around in our Egypt. What do you mean, Pastor? What do you mean our Egypt? I mean that you have been brought out of Egypt, but Egypt has not yet been brought out of you. You catch what I'm saying? You have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ, but you're still carrying some of that old self. And you're trying to layer it up with the new things, and you're wondering why it's not working. My word for you tonight is that you got to reject it. It's the first thing a prisoner does when they get out. They take off the clothes of the old house. You have freedom in 2024. I declare freedom over your life, not in the name of Ryan, but in the name of Jesus Christ. You are free and free indeed because you have been set free by the Son. And if you really believe that, you got to rip off those old things. It's time for that new attitude of your mind, as Paul says in Ephesians you can go back to the Old Testament, same thing. Isaiah 43 puts it like this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of the old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do, not, do you not perceive it? Don't you see it? Why do you not see it? Because remember not the former things. we got to reject the former things. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, and I will make rivers in the desert. There is someone who spent 2023 in the desert and they didn't understand why. This is your why. You got to forget the old things. You got to stop considering the old. Look to your neighbor, anyone, and say, take it off. <laughs> not too much. It's real cold outside. You're going to need those clothes. <laughs> it's also church and we're not trying to get on YouTube for that. <laughs> but there are some things in 2023 that you need to just leave there. Because just like Moses went to Pharaoh in Egypt and said, let my people go, your Savior went to the cross. And he got up on that cross and he died for Ryan McVitie's transgressions so he could go to Satan and say, let my son go. 
I have defeated death, hell, and the grave. Satan, you have no hold on him anymore. That's your story. You are free. You are no longer in Egypt. You have freedom. But when a prisoner gets free and gets out of jail, what's the first thing they need to do? They got to find a job. Because they don't have money. They don't have support anymore. It means you've been bought. You've been paid for. But now you need to work on that new attitude of your mind. I'm not saying salvation through works. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I said you're free. You're bought. Your salvation is secure. But you have to work for a new attitude of your mind. Every day. It's something that takes practice. And if you don't do it, my friends, what happened to the Israelites? They took a 12-day journey from Egypt to Jerusalem. You can walk slow and still make it in 12 days. And they made it 40 years. Because they did not get Egypt out of their mind, even though Moses got them out of Egypt. They held on to the old. And you can't do it because Egypt, my friends, it tells you so many lies. It tells you things like this. It says, you haven't seen it yet, so it's never going to happen. You've been waiting years now. And you're still single. You've been waiting years for that kid. And you still don't have that kid. You're never going to have that kid. That's what your old ways tell you. That's what Egypt tells you. Egypt tells you you haven't seen it, so it's not possible. My friends, hear me when I say this in love to you. God and what he is going to do for you is not limited by his possibilities. It's limited by your openness, by your availability to him. That is the limiting factor. And when your hands are so full holding on to the old things, how can he give you the new thing? That's why we got to take off the old if we want to receive the new. Full hands can't receive. you got to reject it. That's why I love, I turned around five minutes ago and I saw every hand up in this room like this. You know, that's not Pentecostal. That's not charismatic. That is the international sign of surrender. When a police officer, heaven forbid, puts his gun up at you, it's surrender. It, it's, it's I got nothing I fully surrender. But you know what else it is? You can't hold on to anything when you're like this. It's letting go. It's rejecting the old. And here's the next thing, the next point I have for you. When you're doing this and your eyes are turned to heaven, you're not just rejecting, rejecting the old. You're expecting the new. you got to expect it in 2024. Some of us have stopped believing that it's going to happen. We've stopped expecting that's going to happen. And you know the real reason why you've stopped expecting that it's going to happen? Because you've been disappointed before. And if you don't expect it in 2024, you can't be disappointed in 2024. My friends, that is a sad way to live your life. And that is the opposite of faith. And that is not what God wants for you. No, it's very different. The Bible says you need to be like David. Do you know what David did? Do you know what his morning routine is? Who has a morning routine? Let me see your hands. You know, it's coffee or reading your Bible, getting in the Word, whatever it is, checking your phone in the first five seconds you wake up. That's probably it. Mine too. Let me give you some insight into David's morning routine. Psalm 5, 3, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. Wait, not please hear my voice. No, no. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you, and I wait expectantly. Not I wait, I wait expectantly. 
Guys, it's a new morning. It's a new year. In 2024, you need to wait like David waits. You need to expect it. Let me tell me you why you should expect it. Because God is your father. And guess what? He's a good father. Who's a parent in here? Let me see your hands. Parents, I'm a parent. Who's a parent? Do you want good for your children? No, come on, tell me. Do you want good for your children? Okay. I told you I'm a parent. How sick and twisted would it be? My son's name is Maverick. He is the object of my affection. I love this kid. I'll tell you more about him later. I love him. How sick and twisted would it be if, if I, just, just a worldly father, said, yeah, I want my son to be happy, but not too happy. You know, I just want to keep a little bit of depression in his life. Just, just a little bit, you know. Oh, anxiety? Well, well, I want him to have peace, but we got to keep some anxiety in there for sure. Like, yeah, no, no, Maverick, you, you must, I want you to have it. Do you know how ridiculous it is when you don't expect that your father wants the best for you? How is it possible that a father wouldn't want the best for their child? Parents, every single one of you want the best for your kid, but you've stopped believing, you've stopped expecting that God has the best for you. And it didn't happen quickly. Let me tell you how it happens. It's, it's, it's a slow process the way that it happens. It, it starts like this. You set an appointment for God. And you say, God, by June, I need to have this. And by December, I need to have a promotion. And then by January, I need to have that boyfriend. And by September, I need to have $100,000 to put gas in my car. And then by November, I need $1.9 million to buy a condo in Toronto. And, and you start setting appointments for God, and then the time comes, and it doesn't happen. Friends, let me tell you something. You do not set appointments for God. You don't pencil God into your schedule. God pencils you into his purpose, into his plan, into his grace, into his blessing, into his thanksgiving. You don't pencil God into your schedule. Because if you do, it's dangerous, my friends. That's a dangerous life that you live when you do that. Because when it doesn't happen, you will start to resent him. And you will stop being expectant. And you will start thinking it's never going to happen. That kid I told you about, my son, Maverick, whoa, love this kid so much. 20 months, stunning little baby, flirts with every hostess and waitress in every restaurant. I'm real worried about the college years already. I love this guy so much. And, and he's almost a toddler, but he really acts like a toddler. Who has a toddler? In the name of Jesus, I pray a special prayer of protection and peace over you and patience. Amen. Good. You got that. If you guys know anything about toddlers, toddlers want what they want. And guess when they want it? Now. Do you know what would happen if I go, Maverick, just wait about five minutes for your dad to finish studying. And then I'll put that TV show on for you. Oh, great, dad. Sure, no problem. Are you kidding me? This kid will whack me. Give it to me now. I want it now. Toddlers want everything on their own schedule. But you know what a good father does? A good father doesn't let their toddler create their toddler's schedule. A good father creates a schedule that is good for them, that will protect them, that will give them what they want when they're ready for it. So the weight 
of the blessing, W-E-I-G-H-T, will not crush them. But while we wait, W-A-I-T, we stop expecting because we haven't seen it yet. And we go, God, why won't you give it to me? He says, because son, daughter, if I give it to you, it will crush you. You're not ready. But we stop expecting that it's going to happen because we worship the throne of our timetable and not his. Do you know how much higher his ways are than your ways? Do you know how much higher his ways are than my ways? Higher than the heavens are above the earth is what Isaiah 55 says. It's not even close. Your father loves you enough to not give you what you want, but to give you what you need. And that's a whole lot better. That's a whole lot better. Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, he said it like this. He said, God is a faithful paymaster. He just don't always pay on Friday. And I know some of you have seen that. I've seen that in my life. He doesn't pay on Friday when you expect it. He pays when you need it, in the way that you need it, for his purpose. Because we get up here and we worship and we go, God, my life is yours so long as you use me exactly how I want to be used. That's not surrender. <laughs> That's worshiping the throne of your timeline and your purpose. My friends, he's faithful. We must wait expectantly. And it's important because faith begins with belief. And if you read scriptures in the Bible, there are so many times in the Gospels where Christ healed someone and he said, by your faith you have been healed. In fact, there were two blind men in Matthew chapter 9 verse 28. And they, you see it up on the screen, they went, as Jesus went on from there, from a place where he had just raised a dead girl, back to life by the way, two blind men followed him calling out, have mercy on us, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, this is what God is asking you tonight. So listen up to this. Do you believe that I am able to do it? I don't know what it is that you are praying for in 2023 because there are three, maybe 4,000 of you. I don't know. But I do know this. If you don't believe that he is able to do it, he probably won't. He, do you believe that he is able to do it? Your response needs to be what the blind men said. They said, yes, Lord. Yes. And they were blind. They couldn't even see him do miracles. But they still believed. And they said, yes, Lord. And then what happened? He touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Not according to my great power as the son of God or the son of David or the son of man. According to your faith. That, my friends, is why you got to expect for it. Somebody shout, expect. Come on, you expect that it's going to happen this year. That's my job tonight, to get you to expect it. Somewhere along the way, you stop believing. You've had a million little miracles happen in your life. Don't stop believing now. You're a walking, living, breathing miracle. Just the fact that you have breath in your lungs is miraculous. I was hit by a car going the wrong way on the interstate by a drunk driver going 100 miles an hour. I shouldn't be standing here right now. Just the fact that I'm alive is a miracle. There are hundreds of testimonies like that in this room. In fact, there aren't hundreds. There's as many testimonies as there are souls. You just don't know about them all. That day you were running five minutes late, maybe you missed the truck that was coming for you. You don't know. So don't stop believing because you haven't seen it yet. Number one, you got to reject it. 
Number two, you got to expect it. Number three, my last point before we go back to worship. Number three is you have to direct it. You got to reject, take off the old. You got to expect the new, the new self that the Apostle Paul was talking about. But you need to direct your steps according to your expectation. Dear Jesus, help me to give this to them right. This is so important. You got to get this, my friends. If my expectation is there, and my expectation is good because I have a good father who I don't believe is withholding from me, but my direction, which is always going to be authored by my discipline in my life, is going the other way, I have a problem. If my expectation is there, but my direction is there, I probably don't actually have the expectation in the first place. And that's a real problem because let me tell you what the Bible's got to say about it. We're almost done. Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 10 says this. Do not plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Any farmers in the house? Pastor Stephen, you're a low-key farmer. Put your hand up for me. <laughs> Elevation Church, Toronto, Pastor. Yeah, he, he's, got, he's a farmer. Any other farmers in the house? You need to know why you don't plow with an ox and a yonkey and a donkey yoked together. A yonkey? Is that a new animal? <laughs> I think my son maybe created that. Yonkey, Dad. Here's why. An ox is strong. A donkey is a not strong. <laughs> a donkey is something else. And when a yoke is put on them, that's a wood piece that holds them together, you end up with a problem. It's why in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, there's a verse you've probably heard so many times. Do not be unequally yoked together. You heard that one? Usually we teach it and preach it in the context of marriage, which it's very good for. But it's a powerful principle that is not restricted just to marriage. If you put two things together, one that is strong and one that is weak, and you lock them together, and you try to plow a field with them, do you know what happens? The whole point of plowing a field is to complete an objective. Fields are done in straight lines to make a path straight. You put an ox and a donkey together, and you get this. Circle after circle. I'll just keep doing it until you laugh a little more. Circle, circle. I'll stop soon if you laugh a little more. Circle. <laughs> Sir, you get a reserved seat on the front row next week. <laughs> Sounded like a manly laugh, I hope. Okay. Anyways, um, let's get back to the word of God. When you put something strong together and you put something weak together, you get left going in circles. Why is that important? Because here's this. I'm telling you to have great expectations. To believe that God wants the best for you and he has it and it's right there. And that's true and I hope you believe it. But if your direction and your discipline is the donkey and not the ox, you're just going to go in circles. And some of us in 2023, we feel like we didn't achieve anything. We feel like we just went round and round and round. And I can't, as your pastor, let you be like the Israelites who took that 12-day journey and went round and round and round and turned it into 40 years. You cannot let your expectations be an ox and your discipline be a donkey. We need to get disciplined this year and we need to move in the direction of our expectation. Because circles is no longer your testimony. 
Complacency, stagnation, staying in the same place is no longer your testimony. That is going to be defeated this year in 2024. Does anyone believe it? Good. Because let me tell you about 2024. Preachers have been preaching about this already from January 1st till now. I don't know if you've heard it yet, but there's something different about 2024. 2024 is built different. Look to your neighbor and say, 2024. Look to your neighbor and say, 24. Guess how many hours are in a day? This year is not going to be about this year. This year is going to be about every single set of 24 hours that you wake up and embark upon. This year is going to be done like this. Day by day. I hurt my leg playing soccer. This is hard. Day by day. I got no balance. Day by day is how this year is going to be won. 24 hours at a time. And here's the best news about your God and about your faith. Every single day is a new opportunity. Because God is not just the God of your yesterday. He is the God of your today. And he will always be the God of your tomorrow. So I know some of us, we've messed up. It's January 16th. We're only 16 days in. And we didn't put our hand up when we said we had resolutions. Because we've messed up. Guess what? Tomorrow is a new 24. Tomorrow is a new opportunity. Some of us... This year, it's only been 16 days, but it's been hard. We've lost people. We've lost jobs. We've, we've, we've had a really hard time this year. The Bible speaks about that. It says, though your weeping may endure for the night, there will be joy in the morning. There is joy coming in a new day. There is joy that is available to you in the next 24 if you will reject the old. If you will expect the best from a father who loves you, and if you will direct your steps. Let me break it down for you one more way, and then we're going to worship. I have high expectations, always. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes I've been in a prison of high expectations. I love the gym. Anybody love the gym? Let's go. Sign up for a builder. There's a gym right here. We walked into that one. I love the gym, okay? In 20. 19, I went to the gym 300 days of the year. Give it up for me. Come on. That was a one-time occurrence. I want my credit. That was 2019. In 2023, I went to the gym three times. The whole year. But guess what? My expectation was still a six-pack. That's crazy. But Christians, we live our life the same way. We think if we go to church three times, and we love someone three times, and we forgive three times, we're going to be sexy with our six-pack. I know half y'all are uncomfortable. You said the S word in church. My 2023 was not a six-pack of abs. It was a six-pack from Cinnabon. And it's no coincidence that the word sin is in Cinnabon. I promise it's the devil's scheme. He came for me. How crazy, though, is that? That we expect the abs, but we eat the cinnamon rolls at the same time. Don't expect the strength of the ox and live your life like a donkey. I almost called this message, don't be a donkey. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't. 
But friends, we got to reject the old and make room for the new. We got to expect that it's going to happen. And we got to direct our paths with discipline. Hebrews 12, 11 says it like this. For the moment, all discipline seems painful. Ain't nobody like a treadmill. And if you say you do, you're a liar. Nobody likes a treadmill. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, a couple 24s down the road, later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Day by day, 24 by 24 hours, that is the way that you are going to win this year. And at first, it's still going to look like a circle. You're not going to feel like you're getting closer to that spot that you expect that you know God has for you. But after a couple times, the path will start to become straight. After a couple times, when you trust in the Lord with all your heart and you lean not on your own understanding, and then you submit to him, that's discipline, submitting to him, he will make your path straight. And you will see it. And you will get there. Stand up to your feet because we're going to go back to worship here. I hope you really believe that 2024 can be your year. Because it can be your year. It will be your year if you will apply the word of God to it. If you will reject the old, leave it behind you. Leave it in the grave where he buried it when he defeated death, hell, and the grave. It will be, but you got to leave some things behind. You got to block some people on Instagram. You know it's true. You got to delete some phone numbers out your phone. You got to drop your phone in a pool accidentally so you need to get a new number. You got to do whatever you got to do. We got to reject it. We got to expect that he actually can do it. God is not a psychotic father who wants to keep you depressed and anxious. He wants the best for you. Every day he wants the best for you. But we can't believe it and keep walking away from it. We can't believe it and be wearing the clothes of our former prison. We can't be miraculous, set free out of Egypt and keep Egypt in our mind. My friends, I started doing something this year. I wasn't sure if I was going to share this with you, but I will. I do this new exercise. Every day when the day is done and I'm exhausted, and my head hits that pillow. The first question I ask myself is this. This day, this Tuesday, this Wednesday, this Thursday, whose house did I live in? Whose house did I serve? Did I live in the house of Ryan McVitie and serve him? Or did I live in the house of the Lord today and serve the Lord? I wish I could tell you every day my answer was that I served the Lord, but it's just simply not the truth. But my goal this 2024 is to have more days where I can say I spent today in the house of the Lord serving him. And you know why that should be your goal? Because there is a song that says this. 
better is one day in your house. Better is one day in the house of the Lord. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. 124 in 2024 can be more productive for you than a thousand days. That's three years. If you will spend it in the house of the Lord. Directed by him. Trusting in him. Obeying in him. In fact, the Bible says, I would rather be a doorkeeper. That's the lowest job there is. I would rather stand outside in the polar vortex and be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than to hang out in the tents of the wicked. That's where you used to hang out, in the tents of the wicked. Your old self. But we're rejecting that tonight. We're putting on new clothes. We don't wear prison orange anymore. We wear Jesus' blood that has washed us white as snow, that has purified us, that has sanctified us, that has set us free. Better is one day for the Lord your God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Get this, no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. That tells you to expect it. No good thing does he withhold from you. Expect the best. He's telling you he doesn't withhold it. Expect the relationship this year. Expect the freedom from addiction this year. Expect the supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding this year. Expect the baby this year. Expect the breakthrough. Expect the job. It's not prideful. You are the king of kings, son and daughter. And when you are in their house, you should expect it. My friends, different houses have very different hospitality. I have found that my house is cold. That my house is lonely. That my house can feel good for a minute. But 2 a.m. comes every night and it doesn't feel good anymore. But the house of the Lord. Better is one day. One day. So this day today, you are deciding to live in his house. And when you do that, my friend. When you direct your ways to him, you will no longer be unequally yoked. You will move towards that expectation. And then Matthew eleven thirty will be your testimony that his yoke is easy and his burden is what? His yoke is easy and his burden is what? Light. I would love to be light in 2024. That's why I'm wearing this fluffy jacket because I'm not light and I don't want you to see it. I would love to be light in 2024, but would be a whole lot better than taking off a few pounds, would be taking off a few chains, taking off a few things that have been holding me back. So if you're willing to make a resolution to get on a bike or a treadmill this year, I wanna just come at you for a second and say, you need to make a resolution to get in the word of God this year. Because a couple, a couple pounds, I hear dad bods are in right now. But a couple chains of the enemy holding you back? Circles. Circles. Round and round you go. But not anymore. That's no longer your testimony. Because if you got him, and if you are in his house, 
There's nothing else you need, my friend. In fact, it's even better. There's nothing else that will do it. So let's worship him right now. The only one who can do it. Be in his house.